have you all here today. As I mentioned before, obviously there's snow outside, but it's, it's good that uh, you could come and that you made the sacrifice to come. I'd like you to look with me in the scriptures at Acts chapter 8. We're going to start at verse 25, continuing in our, our series, And So We Pray. God had used even the persecution against his people to further um, his gospel. That was part of his mission. You remember back in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said to them in verse 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That is God's plan. Um, and its unfolding is really the outline of the book of Acts, how the believers were to be witnesses um, in Jerusalem, starting there, spreading out to Judea, Samaria, and now to the uttermost part. And we see in this chapter um, both of those happening. To we see it to Samaria um, with Philip, and then we see it past Samaria to the uttermost part of the earth. We see uh, Philip witnessing to uh, an Ethiopian man. Notice in verse 25 where it says, Now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem. <clears throat> you remember verse 14, it says, Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John. So Peter and John went to Samaria right now. So the gospel is going further now. And they lay hands on those who believe in Christ. And, of course, Simon is, is amazed that the Holy Spirit comes on those who the apostles lay their hands on. Um, and so he wants that, that same gift, too. He's rebuked for that. And after that event is verse 25, when the apostles... Um, Peter and John are returning back to Jerusalem, but notice what they do on their way back to Jerusalem. Read verse 25 again. When they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem. Here's the phrase. Preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. So on their way back to Jerusalem, they are fulfilling what Christ had told them to do, and that is to be witnesses even in Samaria. That's an odd thing, um, but the gospel is going to Samaria as well. Now, this story now is interrupted by another story. Verse 25. Now, angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert place. And he, arose, and he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. All right, so the scene is set. Here's a man from Africa, northern country in Africa of Ethiopia, country that exists to this day. And he had come up to Jerusalem, and he came to worship. So many things are, 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 can be pointed out here. First of all, here's a man who is religious, 
who is coming for a right purpose, but he doesn't know God. He doesn't know Christ. And God is leading him, and he got put someone in his life so that he can hear the wonderful news about the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this whole story, the gospel is now going out from Samaria, and now it's reaching those who are even further from that. All this started with the persecution that started with Stephen and uh, even after Stephen with Philip and, and Samaria and so forth. <coughs> so it says he was returning and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. So a man who had come from Jerusalem, gone to the temple to worship, was reading the scriptures and still didn't understand. Let me just say this. Don't assume that the people around you don't need the gospel. Don't assume that. Don't assume because that's your boss or because they're educated or because they already go to church uh, or because they're good people or, or you relate to them in so many ways. Don't assume that they don't need the gospel. They do. This man was a good man, religious man who had come to worship come to the right place to worship but God had something in mind for him he was reading the scriptures reading the scriptures reading Isaiah verse 30 so Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked do you understand what you're reading and that's a very pointed question and I'm, I'm surprised at how uh, direct the question is I'm also surprised how direct the answer is and that lets you know something is happening here. What's happening? The Holy Spirit is working. The Holy Spirit has sent Philip to this place, and he's working in the heart of this man. This man directly, I mean, how many people do you come in contact with who are intelligent, educated, and, and, and doing good things and right things who will admit, I don't know what I'm reading. I have no idea what this is talking about. But this man does that. God is opening his eyes, opening his heart. And so Philip asked him, do you know what you're reading? Do you understand it? Verse 31, he says, how can I unless someone guides me? That is not the normal human response. He cries out for help. The Holy Spirit is working in his heart. And he has set Philip there. And, and I want us to notice that God puts us in places and links us with people. He wants us to, to see, to observe how he is working. Too many people, too times people, too many times people just barge in and they think they just gotta, you know, like just force the gospel on somebody. That's not the case here. God is working. He brought Philip along for a reason and he connects the two. Ask for that connection. God, who are you connecting me with? Let me not make assumptions. Let me hear. Let me see how you are working. God is working. He invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shears is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. And who could describe 
his generation, for his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? So he, the obvious question, who, who are the scriptures talking about? There's the deep question here that the scriptures point to Jesus. The Old Testament text points to Jesus. It's interesting to me when I look at Luke 24, Jesus is talking about the Old Testament scriptures and he doesn't just say that they point to the Christ, which they do. But his news is, that's me. That's his news. They speak of me. So look what he says here. Philip, verse 35, Philip opened his mouth, began with this scripture. He told him the good news about not just the Christ. You could talk to a Jew today and won't have any problems talking about the Christ. The problem they have is this Jesus whom they crucified is the Christ. That's the barrier that they have. And, and um, Philip made it plain that these scriptures are talking about Jesus. You know how, um, isn't in John chapter 3, Jesus talking to Nicodemus and he says, um, the wind blows where it wills. You hear the sound, but you don't see the wind. You see the effects of the wind. All in this passage here, we see the effects of the Holy Spirit, but we don't see him. We see what he's doing. He's working on the heart of this man. Philip introduces him to Jesus, opens the scriptures to him about Jesus, and this man... Um, he, he is just open. God has prepared his heart, and he begins to trust. He begins to trust in Jesus. We don't even see all the details. We just see how, how eager he is to obey. Look at verse 36. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? So we see his eagerness to, to obey, his eagerness to take in all of what the Scripture says, his eagerness to show uh, a changed life through a, a heart that God has resurrected and God has given life, and he, 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 he wants to show it's just, it's a natural thing. He Supernatural, I should say. It's, it's a right um, effect of what the gospel does in a life. There's a real, genuine change, and, and it's, it's a dynamic change. And, he, begin, he shows that, and we see the effects of that. But let's not forget, it's the Holy Spirit that is working. And in our series, and so we pray, we want to pray that God would use us. We want to pray that the Holy Spirit will work in hearts. It's not just us pounding at a heart, but it's the Holy Spirit doing that. He will make our hearts sensitive to, to his work, make, our, make us available to do whatever God wanted us to do, to send us wherever God wants us to, to send us and to speak his truth to whoever he puts us in contact with and pray that he would do that work that only he can do to, to work in the heart of someone like this man from Ethiopia and to bring the gospel now to a whole new land. So let's, let's pray that God's word is just as powerful now as it is in that day. And uh, there needs to be nothing 
more special about us just that we are available and uh, want to be used of God to take the gospel wherever and everywhere we go.